a wife and a mother and an insurance agency owner, a friend and a PTA advocate. I am so excited to talk about all of the things that I find most precious here within our community, within our lives, and within our faith, friendships, and relationships. Here on Heather's Most Precious. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Heather's Most Precious. We are so excited to be joined today and by Mrs. Andrea Short, who is the principal of Udawa Middle School um, right here outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. How are you today? I'm excellent. Ready for tomorrow, our winter break. Yes. Oh, I'm sure Countdown has been on for quite a while. Yes, it has been. That is awesome. So just want to... Um, Look, still kind of the educational side, just looking at mapping out whether it's helping students who are looking to become teachers or helping parents who want better communication within the school. And middle school, I'm sure you can admit, is kind of an awkward phase within education. It's awkward for all of our kids, <laughs> believe me. Whenever you ask parents or any adult about their middle school years, they make this face and like they don't want to talk about it because it is awkward. Kids are trying to figure out do they still want to be baby like in elementary school or treat them as a young adult like high school? And they're torn between which one on which day. Of so course. some days you get the baby. Other days you get, OK, a mature kid. Right. And then some days it's in between. Yes. So. And it's kind of the first taste of freedom because as a parent who was very involved in elementary school, when they moved to middle school, there's not a lot that and y'all don't need us to cut things and paste things for you or make copies necessarily. And so there's such little involvement that initially is had. So you end up kind of not really knowing and you're trusting that your children are giving you a good name and reputation and they're middle schoolers. So we know that's not always the case, right? That is correct. <laughs> it's not always the case, um, but parents can still be involved. We, we may not need you to cut out or mm -hmm. paste things, but we still want that par parental involvement. Yeah. So anytime you have free time, um, a lot of schools are moving towards the PBIS rewards and points. Very and so cool. we like to give our parents an opportunity to make those goodie bags. We provide them, provide the material. We just need the labor behind it. Yes. So um, there are many opportunities here at the school where parents can still participate, um, even awesome. though the kids normally do not want their parents oh, here. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> um, I have two kids that attend here. And yes. they told my husband, like, no, you don't have to volunteer. Mom works there. <laughs> so you're you're fine. We don't need We're both good. of you here. So. <laughs> Just one's enough. I know exactly. my older son who attends here is always like, don't look at me if you're here. Like, why do you need to come send someone else? I'm like, but I'm, yeah. I'm a cool mom, right? And then if you have to say that, you're probably not. Correct. So. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about yourself, your background family? Um, I, and it's always hilarious. I have to count up. I think this is my 21st year or 22nd year in education. Wow. Um, never had a, a passion to be a teacher, yeah. um, but I have found that all throughout my life, I've been a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, even growing up, teaching Sunday school class yeah. to the younger kids um, in college, being a tutor, mm -hmm. um, not only to the football team, but um, some kids at my church that I attended to um, in college. And I remember graduating and my high school biology teacher was questioning, like, what are you going to do with your life? Mm -hmm. And my aspirations was to go into the medical field. But my grandmother ended up right. becoming very ill with cancer. And so I had made a promise to her that I was going to take care of her. Mm -hmm. um, but she ended up passing away um, 
that February. And so I didn't get an opportunity to go to med school and I needed a job. And I reached out to my old school and was like, hey, I need a job. Um, I don't even recall an interview. Um, my, Mm. My past principals were still the principals there. And they knew my reputation and my experience. And I was always a hard worker as a student. And they gave me a set of keys and a textbook and said, "Okay, here you go. You need to report to work on this particular day. So here I am fresh out of college, not knowing Mm -hmm. anything about education. Um, But what I loved about um, that school and that environment, all of the teachers wrapped their arms around me being a new teacher Mm -hmm. and showed me the, the ropes, what I needed to do and how to manage my class and the content. Um, And so that progressed over the years. And here I am. That is awesome. Neat. It's always neat to see. And what's so funny is it is very split down the middle. Some kids dream of being an educator from the time they can walk. And then there's others that are, it's just a calling that ends up becoming your purpose, right? Kind of shoved into it. Now, since you didn't know you wanted to be an educator, that this was going to be your path, you probably didn't know that you wanted to do leadership in school either. No. Um, what's worse than kids who misbehave are adults that misbehave. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, and so with that, at one of my high schools, um, I was given, let me find the correct words, mm-hmm. the kids that no one wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, And what I mean by that, behavioral concerns, kids that had learning disabilities and struggles and just all around. Now, that that didn't that was not all of my classes, Mm -hmm. but the classrooms on that particular hallway had a reputation. If you taught on that hallway, (laughs) they they knew what type of uh, classroom that you had. Um, And so building relationships with my students. I would tell them all the time, if you're not wanting to learn, do not come to my class, because if you walk through my door, I came to work and I'm going to earn my paycheck. Um, And so I would tell the kids, if you if you have a doctor's appointment, orthodontist appointment, do not miss my class because I I was um, a tested area. I taught biology in high school. um, Among some other things, but that was a tested area um, in Mississippi. So they didn't miss my class. Mm They loved my class. Um, And I can recall one of my students getting injured. He was in a car accident with his mom. And um, whenever he was in the hospital, his dad was trying to explain to him everything that happened and the time frame it would take to heal his body and all this stuff. And he stopped his dad. He was like, Dad, I know my short has already taught me all of that. So I know what's going to happen. And his dad freaked out like this is a kid that could care less about school, but could quote some of the biology terms and what's happening in his body. And so the dad called me immediately Mm -hmm. at school and was like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what you've done to my kid, but I'm so thankful and grateful and appreciative of it. Um, And those kind of stories, a lot of times you don't ever know what impact you're making on kids in the moment, because sometimes kids are kids. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) But the fact that you can see the impact that you have along the way. It may not be immediate, but know that you're impacting kids. So that's that's what I tell my teachers all the time. You Mm -hmm. may not see it immediately. They may not appreciate it right now, but please Mm -hmm. understand you are impacting kids' lives. Absolutely. So planting that seed 
Yes. And then, but when it comes full circle and you get to see the reward yes, of do. the growth and of the parents phone yes. call, that's yes. just such a big deal. It is a big deal. And knowing that in the time that, that he needed it most, he then really had the ability to make it applicable yes. to his circumstance. Yes. It took me a while to get that out. <laughs> One of those things on my brain, mouth, work together. Um, now, how long were you in the classroom before you became um, part of school leadership? Um, I was a teacher for, I believe it was 10 years. I'm calculating. I had the twins in 2012. So yes, I was a classroom teacher for nine or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I had my twins, um, I had an opportunity for leadership in a different um, learning community in Mississippi. Um, And so you know how you think that you are never cut out for things. Oh, for sure. Um, I never had any intentions on leadership per se. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fine being a classroom teacher and the leader of my science department Yeah. um, because I had a few adults, but I remember um, being observed by another teacher that was in leadership trying to be an administrator Mm -hmm. and they have to do so many hours. And she came to observe my class and it what was supposed to be 15 minutes. We were on 90 minute block. She stayed the entire time and she was freaking out. She was like, I couldn't leave. Like it was so engaging. Oh, wow. Um, and to hear someone say that. Um, and then she and I spoke and um, that particular year, my principal, my AP and my mm-hmm. principal talked to me about leaving the classroom. And I was like, I don't want to leave the classroom. I love my kids, you know. Yeah. Um, so they did. They plant. They planted that seed. And I talked it over with my husband and he was like, yes. And we had a family friend who was um, in education at the central office level. And they're like, yeah, like you would be great. And so we endeavored down that pathway, that journey. Um, and here we are. That's great. And how neat to know uh, most people dread observations. I have teacher friends and they're like, oh, they don't know what it is. There's this nervousness that I think comes. And I think you were our own worst critic. So sometimes you yes. think going to be worse than it is or you're you're like johnny put your hand on don't say anything <laughs> silly in my class don't yep. make me look bad right but to be told that they were so captivated mm-hmm. by your lesson how neat so I, of course you probably wouldn't want to leave the classroom but to know that you as much as you don't want to babysit adults which unfortunately some of this becomes yep. to to allow other teachers to see the best in them and that they are making a difference for the students and encourage them, right? They need a cheerleader. They need someone to say, you're doing this well, or here are the ways that I want to see you grow because I see it in you. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mindset um, that you have to change in individuals. Um, And as you say, we are, we typically are our own worst critics. Mm -hmm. Um, But with, with that being said, I have to always change my mindset because I get observed and evaluated as well. Right. Um, and I tell my teachers all the time, I get evaluated on your performance. Right. I'm not teaching the kids, but I get right. blamed for whatever is good or bad right. in the process. Okay. Um, and so we try to let them know that, hey, it's not a I gotcha. It's a how can we be better mm. for the success of our kids? It's, it's that simple at the end of the day. And any one of my team members will tell you that we make decisions based upon the needs of our kids. So. And that, I mean, that has to be the focus. Yes. I feel like schools get lost when it becomes about the funding or it becomes about the curriculum or it becomes like 
you know, I think every teacher can have their own goal for their classroom. Every administrator can have their goal for what they want their teacher level to be at. But if everyone's not aiming for the same goal, which should be the good of the kids, the best for their education, we're missing the mark. Um, especially in public education where it's so diverse and you have the ability to offer so, so much to these students and they get to be shaped by having special needs children in their class and they get to be shaped by people who talk differently and look differently than they do. And, and whether you're athletic or book smart or anything, I think for, for me, you can tell I'm a public school parent, like <laughs> pro. Um, I love that. I think, I think there's just the atmosphere that you're able to cultivate is really cool. Um, I love that. Now, is there typically, uh, you've shared how you were able to get into administration. Is there typically a certain path that one is kind of forced into if they know they want to go that route? Uh, for the most part, it depends on the school district and the state. Um, okay. I have experience in Maryland, Mississippi, and now here in Tennessee. So it, a lot of times it depends upon the state. You have to be in the classroom for a number of years okay. um, and you have to take leadership uh, leadership courses in college and typically graduate with a master's in leadership or, or PhD um, okay. in that area. So again, it depends on the school district and the state as as far as the qualifications. I do know that Hamilton County has what they call a leads program um, to help develop those teacher leaders into whether it's a teacher leader or instructional coach or an assistant principal or a principal. So this okay. district is um, very fundamental as far as identifying the the leaders and individuals and cultivating it. So that's neat and neat to be a part of that. Now, do you get to be a piece to share with the superintendent or or people that may be above you? Like, hey, I see this in this person on my sixth grade team, or um, you know, do you get to nominate teachers that are under you? So not necessarily nominate, okay. but you can encourage. And okay. so here in our building. Um, we allow each department to lead a PD session. It's the entire department. If someone feels strongly about individually leading that department's mm -hmm. PD, that's up to them. Um, but that gives them a taste of being a leader amongst their peers. Okay. Um, and so we are able to identify leaders in our building and we have conversations. I have conversations with them and I encourage them. Hey, have you have you applied for this? Have you thought about this? Um I am sowing the same seed that was sown in me, um, especially when you see those leadership skills um, in individuals. That's great, because it's still at the end of the day has to be their choice. It is their choice. Right, it, it has to be um, in order to continue cultivating the atmosphere, yes. let it be their choice to, to lead. Um, now you mentioned some other states that you've been a part of, Maryland, Mississippi, um, Tennessee. I don't know why I said it that way, you've been a part of them, like lucky you, they let you stay. Um, <laughs> Is the education system, I'm sure it depends on the population and, and the community that you're in. How, did you notice large differences between those learning communities versus what we have here? So I always tell people, kids are the same. Okay. No matter their ethnicity, mm -hmm. no matter their economic background, kids are kids. Um, and every place that I've worked, you have kids that are ready to learn and those who are not. Mm. Um, some that lack motivation, some mm -hmm. that have the, that intrinsic motivation to do and succeed. Um, and that's everywhere you go. Of course. So kids are the same. That's great. And that, and that's just great to be able to look at it. You know, you always hear those 
teacher stories about how someone didn't look at Sally Doe because she had a dirty sweatshirt on or whatever. And then they learn, right, that, um, that every student is the same. Is there a certain way that you have found best to encourage students that maybe not as eager and maybe they, they haven't found the spark in learning or they haven't been interested yet? For a lot of the students who lack that motivation, they are truly um, lacking self-confidence and they just need a small win oh. to let them know that, yes, you can. You are smart enough to do this. Okay. And so we encourage our teachers to help them with those small wins, mm-hmm. um, even if it's scaffolding an assignment. If I put it in front of this student, Andrea Short, mm-hmm. and it could be as simple as, hey, can you write your name? And I know how to spell Andrea, but I don't know if the D comes before the R or what have you. Think I mean something. I'm just yeah, making no, something yeah. as small as that. But scaffolding it for Andrea. All right, let's sound it out. And tree dr dr. Mm-hmm. So is that a D R or an R D sound? Something that simple. Yeah. Building up that confidence. So the next time the teacher said, hey, can you write your name? I'm eager. I know how to do it. It's something I can do. And so that teacher will give me that positive praise. Oh, my God, you did an amazing job. Now I'm ready for the next thing. Now, it's never that simple. Right. Um, And you have to have willing parties for both. Um, And for some kids, they've been told, hey, you, you don't know how to do that. Are you doing this incorrect for so long? Some don't even try. And so that's A lot of times that's what we see kids not even wanting to try because they're so afraid of failure. So that comes with changing the environment of the classroom. Um, And here at Udawan Middle School, if you go in any classroom and a teacher asks a question, you may know the answer and a kid may respond. You're like, oh, my God, where where is this kid getting this information? (laughs) But the environment has been created to where, Mm -hmm. all right. I, I don't care who responds. I want you to participate and respond. And it's okay if That's you get great. it wrong. Yeah. We're going to work to get it right for the next yeah. time. Um, and so it just builds that culture. Um, and it's difficult to build it. Oh, um, sure. it. It takes time. Okay. And a whole lot of patience. Yes. <laughs> Which sometimes we run very short on, right? <laughs> yes. Every day we do. That is, that's really neat that y'all have instilled that to encourage people just to participate because that is so hard. It is hard. That's what I, I always dreaded when I was <laughs> middle school age, don't call on me. Mm-hmm. Even if I knew the answer, don't call on me. I just didn't want to be put on the spot because I was. I was the child who was so scared of failing. I had a teacher tell me that I was stupid when I was in elementary school. And that, like, you you have things that stick with you yeah. that... Um, especially like growing up in the 90s, like you, you were, we did not address things, right? No, you not. shove it down and you move past it. And so I love that. That is the one thing that I have seen our society grow in is recognizing, understanding that we are not perfect, understanding yeah. that there are failures, but you can't, without the failure, you can't ever have the victory, yeah. right? And you can't celebrate that. And so I love that um, what y'all have implemented here and that you're making it a part of every grade level. It's not just sixth grade's grade. It's we are going to implement this in every single grade level to ensure that they're going on the next step. Yes, for sure. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm coming to school here every day. Please come <laughs> on. The more, the merrier. <laughs> what is um, what is the best part of your job as principal? It goes back to the initial story that I, that I shared with you, um, knowing that we are making an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, And it may not be an immediate impact, but just knowing that we have influenced some child's life. Mm -hmm. And I always pray that it's a positive influence and not a negative. We're the only profession where we touch 
every profession, mm. literally. Every kid goes to school unless you're homeschooled. Right. But you're still a teacher if right. you're a mom out there homeschooling our dad, of homeschooling course. your kids. You are the only profession that touches every profession in this mm. world. And so knowing that you're going to impact some kid's life, yeah. um, that's that's part of the joy. Um, also, even having kids come back and say, oh, my God, I hated you in class, you know, when you were my teacher. But, oh, my God, I wish I would have listened. Like mm -hmm. we hear those stories so frequently mm -hmm. um, to where, again, the kids may not appreciate it right now, but down the road they will. Mm -hmm. um, so. And they're going to remember. Yeah. And they do remember. Yeah. They do remember. And so we try to encourage everyone to build those positive relationships with kids. Absolutely. Now, knowing the weight of your job and, and the weight of what y'all get to do and that you really are raising, I mean, really the next president, right? And people that are going to be great members of society. Um, does that ever feel weighty to y'all that it's heavy and that it just falls on your shoulder? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, especially um, in education today. And, you know, we blame a lot of things on COVID and COVID did have uh, an mm -hmm. effect on on all of us. But in education, we try to educate the whole child, mm -hmm. you know, and we say that. But it's something that's actually done. And when you and I were in school, um, as you mentioned, it was sit down. You're in these rows. Uh, rows in, in your classroom. Mm -hmm. The teacher is teaching. You're taking notes. If you got it, great. If you didn't, oh, well. I mean, it, they kept it moving. Mm -hmm. um, and you had a few kids that were a little different. Mm -hmm. And you were able to identify those kids. And a lot of times schools back then, it was a small community. So families knew each other. Um, but it was a handful of kids. Mm -hmm. Now, with our schools being larger and me personally not growing up in this community, I don't know families, histories and different right. things. Um, so many of our kids come to school with other things that's impacting them to where schooling is not a focus um, mm -hmm. and it's hard to teach them. Um, and we always joke in education. I say joke. It's not a joke, but. We say that, hey, you can't teach a kid that's hungry. They're not willing to learn and listen. Mm. And so you have to make sure that they're fed. Well, the weather is cold now and we have kids still wearing shorts to school. And, and so when we cold, see that, we're mm -hmm. trying to make sure that we're providing them with clothing, mm -hmm. with mental illness being prevalent and on the rise and suicide rates and different things. Yeah. We're having to make sure that, hey, this kid isn't getting bullied. Have we met the needs of this particular student? So there is a lot that do come before the academics mm -hmm. aspect, where years ago it was strictly academics, right. whether right or wrong. Um, but now with society shining a light on the needs of our kids, it, yeah. it takes a lot. So it is heavy. It's heavy yeah. every single day. Um, it's, yeah. no, it's no joke, and I tell anyone, for education, it is a calling. Mm -hmm. Maybe back in the day you could work mm -hmm. and it just be a job, but it's a calling because people won't stay mm -mm. if it's just a job. Yeah, because you would never make enough. No, there, it, there it would never be never good enough, enough money. No, um, for the things or that time we do. or patience or any of it. Right. Correct. 
Wow. I'm grateful that, that you have been called to this. Um, I can imagine that being like the greatest challenge is there being so many students and they each have their own needs Yes, and they do have their own stories. And then when you, you bring in, you weren't from this community. So, so we also were in a larger community. You also had that as a disadvantage. Those all could be challenges, mm-hmm. but it seems like y'all are coming up with ways to overcome them, yes. which is such a neat thing in that everybody's on board. Um, and that, I mean, that's huge too. Um, how do your values um, influence your role and decisions that, that you make on a daily basis? So um, I can remember as a child and my mom would always tell me, only treat people the way that you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And we say that and we're like kind of roll our eyes like, mm-hmm. okay, I've heard that before. Yeah. But that is something that um, we live by and that's something mm-hmm. that I share with, with my staff. Um, and I share with the students, I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. And because I am a mother, mm-hmm. I try to treat people the way that I want them to treat my kids. Yeah. And so making sure that I'm fair and respectful and I model the things necessary, um, that's just one of our values. Um, another value that we all always talk about um, being respectful mm-hmm. um, because we have our our school norms, respectful, responsible and honest. Okay. Um, and so with that, the, re- the responsible part, take ownership if you do something wrong. It's OK. Yeah. We all make mistakes. I just need you to tell me the truth. Just be honest about it and own up to it and we can move from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but being respectful um, in today's society um, and the kids always uh, will joke. Back then, back then, you know how they we're not back then anymore. But um, when I was a, a, a child, as far as showing respect, the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And I know that we've gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. But the respect doesn't necessarily have to be the no, ma'am and the yes, right. ma'am. It is respecting each other's space, their privacy, mm-hmm. watching your tone. Um, and that's a big thing that that we've noticed, even personally with my own kids. Um, I'm like, OK, watch your tone. If I asked you, hey, can you take out the trash? Mm-hmm. I don't need any excuses as to, well, I can't do it right now. Um, I'm doing homework. Right. Not that they are, but um, an excuse or it's too cold or I can't find my shoes. I just need you to do it. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I have to tell the kids and I'm speaking personally, yeah. telling uh, my own kids that if I tell you to do something and you start to offer excuses, mm-hmm. that could be a sign of disrespect. Mm-hmm. And so and that's something hard for my students here at school to even understand mm-hmm. when I when I share with them that, hey, if the teacher asks you to sit down and you're trying to explain, hey, I'm standing up because I need to grab this pencil or I'm trying mm-hmm. to tie my shoe. Just sit down. Right. And then you can explain, raise your hand and then explain, hey, I was standing up because I'm trying to grab a pencil, tie my shoe, whatever the case may be. Um, So I would say those are our norms, our values, being respectful, responsible and honest. And the kids can quote how we can do these in all of the places here at school. And that's something that we push every single day. Yeah, I chuckle through that because as you're talking about what it's like in your household, like are you 14 often? I'm like. It is not what you said. It is not the words you use. It is how you said it. And and I laugh because I'm like, wait, I remember my parents telling me that. (laughs) Perfect little Heather. Yes. Um, To watch her tone. 
And often, right, just interactions like Laker, it's what you said. Yes. And it's it's so funny because we have the same conversations with with people that are in the same we have children in the same uh -huh. age group, right? Correct. It's always the same, regardless of the household. No kid wants to do chores. No kid wants to do it the first Correct. time. And, and I do demand, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, in our household. Uh -huh. Now, you're right. We are not. And our society does not look like what it used to. I wish it did sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, when people call me ma'am, I'm like, I'm only 36. <laughs> I'm not that old. And then I'm like, wait, okay, now I get it. Now yeah. I hear it. Yes. And in the house, um, especially if I'm giving you correction mm -hmm. or advice, or um, it, uh, that is acknowledging that you heard me, that you understand, and that you respect me enough to give me what you want. know I want to hear. Mm -hmm. And not with an attitude, but with a smile on your face. Yes. And those are so important. And I love that because it does. It, and even if kids are not getting that in the home, if they're getting it here, it will translate anywhere you are. Um, and as y'all can hear, we are in a school right now and the bell has rung. We are moving um, from classroom to classroom and you will hear some things, but I love when you get to pick up on, on some of the noise that is happening outside. And I love the way that you have windows all the way around your office so that you can see what's going on. Oh yes, always. I can I see it that's here. great. Oh yes. Whenever and it's I, necessary, right? It is. Whenever <laughs> I first arrived, um, there's an office downstairs that was mm -hmm. designated for a principal with a restroom, some privacy. Oh wow. But <laughs> it's away from kids. And so I was like, I can't be down here. I need to be where the action is. So I chose yeah. this office. When I got here, there were no curtains. Oh. And so um, it was on my list. Mm -hmm. I bought curtains, mm -hmm. but I kind of got used to, you know what? I can see everything that's going on. Yeah. They can see all that I'm doing as well. I can hear everything right. that's going on. And so I kept it that way. Um, and many parents and teachers, they'll, they'll come in here it's like, oh, I feel like I'm getting in trouble because everyone can see right. what's going on in the office. Yeah. And I was like, no, I need kids to see that I am working. Mm -hmm. I expect them to work. Mm -hmm. And so it's 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 good. I like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can see and hear everything. Yeah. And so some kids, when they get ready to walk by. And I'll look and I was like, wait a minute. And I'll tell them to come here. Yeah. This is my second time seeing you yeah. during what class. <laughs> like, why are you getting out of class again? So some kids don't necessarily like it and they may duck down. So oh, yeah, that. But normally hilarious. my door is open as well yeah. um, because I tell my teachers, hey, I have a, an open door policy. Oh, so funny. if I'm in a meeting, I'll mm -hmm. close it. But if it's open, I need you to come in if there's an issue. Yeah. So be a part of it. Yes. I love that. I think that. Um, and I think, as I've talked with other people, leadership styles are very different. Mm -hmm. um, but I think being visible, letting yeah. people know that um, nothing says you're, you're more approachable than when you're like, no, no, wave to me, come knock on my door, yeah. let me know. Um, speaking of, I know there's typically a chain of command that you, you know, as we're, as we're encouraging parents, like if they have concerns, whether it's in a classroom or something happened on bus, whatever. Um, and I know you're saying you have an open door policy, but is there a certain way that you would want a parent to handle a concern? Is it is there a chain of command that they would need to follow? So yeah, we do have chain of command, uh, but I'm, I'm still very open. I try to encourage parents, if there's an issue with a teacher or a grade, mm -hmm. if they can reach out to that teacher first, mm -hmm. and if they don't get the response they desire or they have yet to receive a response, mm -hmm. then they're free to reach out to administrators. Mm -hmm. um, the way that I have my leadership divided up 
um, even though I'm the head principal and I have one assistant, we hired a dean of students. So we each have grade level discipline. And a lot of people's like, okay, that may be unheard of. Like you're a principal doing discipline. Yes. Um, So my AP does eighth grade. My dean of students does sixth grade. And I normally Mm -hmm. handle seventh grade. That's strictly for the discipline. But we're open and we interact with all kids. And I may work an eighth grade incident. She may work a seventh grade incident. Mm -hmm. So it's not set in stone, but it's something that that we have structured. So, yes, there is a chain of command. But. If I am available, I'll Mm -hmm. meet with parents, even if they don't have an appointment. Um, A lot of parents do share the concerns like, well, hey, I I came up there, but you were unavailable. Nine times out of ten, I I am. If I'm not in classrooms, I may be dealing with the situation or I'm in in some other meeting. Um, I had five meetings already today. Um, So typically that's that's a revolving door so I tell parents hey you can email and say mm-hmm. hey I need to talk to you about this situation nine times out of ten I can address the situation without the parent being here I just yes. need to know the details so that I can go inquire handle it fix it tell the parent hey here's the solution this is what we're gonna do moving forward um, so email is a better way okay so and that does allow you like you said to go behind the scenes to to make it more efficient and a smoother process yes. right yes so you're so. not like coming and waiting like hey stay here let me go you yeah. know so I think that's great and typically written communication is always good oh, yeah to be sure. able to make sure you're sharing full story and then you have okay this was time stamp mm-hmm. this is when I reached out yes. um and I'll say most of most everyone here has been super receptive, mm-hmm. and but I love that is something that I feel like y'all are doing differently here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are probably gonna laugh because you're like, our middle school does it too. I've not heard of one doing it this way, but where you're splitting discipline, I think it's so important for y'all to have relationships with the students. Yes, and for y'all to for them to know like we want you to to behave well, but if there's something more going on, we care. Yeah. Because a lot of times, right, acting out points to something else that's happening. Yeah, you're correct. So for y'all to be able to do that is a big deal. Yeah, um, we wanted to make sure that we knew our kids. Of course, we have, what, 570 students mm-hmm. here. I do not know every student's name. Right. Um, I, don't, I almost said it was impossible. I know it's not impossible, but it would be very difficult to know every student by mm-hmm. name and their face. Um, but for my seventh graders, I know them. Yeah. Um, I can tell you their background. <laughs> I can probably quote their schedule, but it just gives us an opportunity to build relationships on a smaller level. Um, so, and that helps. Um, so we desire for every kid to have an advocate, yeah. someone that they can go and talk to. And not all kids feel comfortable even talking to their teacher. Right. Um, right. They may want to be able to talk to someone that they don't have as many interactions, maybe someone that mm. doesn't know the full picture of right. things. Um, so just giving them that opportunity um, to build relationships with some adult here on this campus. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be an administrator. It can be a teacher. Of course. Um, it could be office staff. Some, yeah. some of the kids yeah. choose the office staff, but making sure that, that the kids do have an advocate. That's very needed. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. I love that. It's neat. Um, it seems like y'all are doing so many things really well, and it seems like you have a really good relationship with your other administrators. Okay. How vital do you do you think it is for anyone at any school, any grade level, to have a good relationship within your admin team? Well, not just admin team, but team, period. Yeah. Um, whenever I was 
um, whenever I first started here at Udawan Middle School, I shared with the staff, I, I one person cannot change this school. Mm -hmm. I cannot. Mm -hmm. It will take all of us yeah. reaching for the same goal, saying and doing the same thing in order to reach the goal that we've set before ourselves. Um, and so with that being said, I tell them all the time, we are a team. Mm -hmm. I do not make a decision that affects the entire school without addressing the stakeholders. Right. Um, something as simple as dress code. When I first got here, they had a dress code. Yes. And when I tell you dress code was probably taking up an hour of time a day mm -hmm. because it was so many things that you could wear, you couldn't wear. Mm -hmm. And it, it was too much for mm -hmm. me if I'm just being transparent right. and honest. And so um, I went to the teachers and I said, OK, here is my concern. And then half of the staff said, yep, we feel the same way. Yeah. And so we developed a plan. We had two committees. Who's for it? Who's against it? We're going to debate and we're going to vote. And yeah. we voted and we ended the dress code. And we've never been happier <laughs> to not have to buy khakis and polos. I know, but it's something <laughs> that simple. It right. was a team decision because it was going to affect all of us. Of course. And so, and that's what I share with the teachers. And a lot of teachers, even at the beginning of the year, when they make their classroom rules, mm -hmm. yes, we have school norms, but what type of rule and expectation are you setting forth in your classroom? I mean, if the teachers allow the kids to set the rules. Right. You set them, you are more um, prone to follow them if you had a part in it. And so right. that's the same um, response that of I course. get from teachers. It's that buy-in yeah. that you care enough to hear and to listen. And then when you take it to a vote, right? You can be disgruntled, but you've seen, you got to have your say yeah. and now went to a vote. And so we know regardless of where you stand, that this is what's going to move forward because majority rules. I think that's a great way to do it. Um, if you could offer one piece of advice to students, what would that be? One piece of advice for my middle school students, this will pass. Mm. Um, and I tell parents um, whenever we've had our meetings here at school, when we've invited parents to come mm -hmm. in um, for our different parent nights, I've shared with them that for middle school, I know you've done a great job raising your kids and you've sent mm -hmm. us your best. But at the end of the day, a good majority of the middle schoolers could care less about their what their parents think. They care a whole lot more about what their peers think. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's the reality that we live in. Yeah. So the piece of advice I tell the kids, this will pass. I know it's a big deal right now. Right. Give it two days. Yeah. And kids have moved on to something else. Right. Um, and again, that's middle school life for you. Everything is Fleeting. blown out of proportion <laughs> for this 15 minutes. But tomorrow, no one has thought twice about it. Right. Um, but a lot of kids will dwell on it and think their life is over within that time frame. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, they're fine. And so it will pass. Well, that 24 <laughs> to 48 hours is like seven years I in know. their time, right? It is in their <laughs> life. Yes. Yes. It seems that way for them. And do you have a certain vision that you and your team here would like to accomplish this year? Of course. Um a lot of times we focus on on data, 
Um, and our first year here, we were level five. And this past year, we were level four. We dropped a little bit, but we do have that B, that B rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes out in December, at the end of December. Oh, yeah. Your podcast will go out. Yeah. But with that being said, um, it aligns to the district to mm-hmm. where we want to make sure that every child is thriving. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, a part of it is academics, but it goes beyond that academic focus and it focuses on the whole child. Um, And yes, the journey and the weight of it all is heavy. But if you are called to this, you are already equipped to handle anything that may come your way. And in the moment, it's difficult to see that. But when you reflect upon, oh, my gosh, we went through that Mm -hmm. and we were so successful. I just need them to see that. Um, and we encourage each other. Mm, um, which is huge. You have to. You really have to. Um, and that's one thing about the whole team. No one person can do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to depend upon each other. And so and that's what we try to encourage. And again, every day is not that day. Right. Some days you leave and you're like, I don't want to be on that team anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's natural. We're dealing with humans each and every day. But at the end of the day, I am proud to say that I'm a part of this team. It's a big deal because that's what makes you want to come back oh, yeah. and fight another day. Yeah, Because so, you have people beside you that you know that are fighting with you. Yeah, that have your back. Yeah. That's big. Um, I love that. I love everything that you just said. What an encouragement that is, whether you are in the education industry or not, because yeah. that's so applicable to where anybody is. Correct. Days are long and hours end up being even shorter sometimes. <laughs> um, but goodness, everything is fleeting. Yes. And if we can keep it in perspective. Yes. Oh, that that is, is yeah, that is such a beautiful thing. Um, so I know we've talked about your team. Is there someone here or is it your husband or someone outside of the walls that you choose to confide in or kind of bounce ideas off of? So, yes. Um, and typically, I know you've heard the expression, it's lonely at the top. Oh, yes. I. Yep. <laughs> so there are some principal friends that I have um, okay. here in this um, community that we do bounce ideas off of. Um, but when you're just wanting to to vent, um, that's always my husband because he'll listen. Mm-hmm. And we have this understanding, like, I'm just venting to vent. I don't want any fixing just need you to hear me and so he is my go-to person but i do have principal friends um who were able to share and bounce ideas off of um and even when we have principal meetings we're like okay let's share what are you doing oh i need to take that i need to do that at my school and so we're willing to do that um and i present it to the staff like hey what do you guys think about this Mm -hmm. um and so i do have a team in my building to where if it is something that we've decided to do, mm-hmm. um, it's a group of individuals that that I trust um, because I know that they have my back and the best intentions for kids. But I can mm-hmm. go to them and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And they they are just as open and honest and transparent like, oh, that's dumb. That ain't going to work. <laughs> I mean, but we have that understanding that's and that's right. that's the group that I will go to. Yeah. And they, they shoot it to me straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They'll come to me with ideas, even ideas that they're wanting to do in their classroom. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's yeah. going to work. You know, have you thought about this right. particular thing? Um, so that that is always pleasant and that's always good. But I tell people all the time it as you um, go up the ladder in leadership or management mm-hmm. for, for that issue, 
it, it is lonelier um, the higher up you get. I would agree. So. It is. But how <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to how cool that is that you have not only a group of like-minded individuals who are in your same role, who mm-hmm. get it, who get the weight and the heaviness and also the reward that you have. Um, but also you have people here that are, are now wanting to bounce ideas of, off of you because yeah. they know who you are and they feel comfortable sharing. I think that is the coolest thing because um, it takes a lot. You That means you actually have built relationships here oh, yeah. where they're willing to hear the word no, yeah. that they thought it was a good enough <laughs> idea to share it, even if they go back and they're like, oh, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, sometimes That's we've really had some cool. hurt feelings, but we get, get past over it, it yeah. Yeah. because they've hurt Have my feelings on a, on a few things that I thought were just a brilliant idea. And I'm like, right. short. Mm-mm. No, you need to rethink that, you know? Yeah. So, so that's that's always a benefit. I love that. I love that. And um, is there anything that you would want to share that could help students or families or even teachers under the understand the responsibilities being the principal, being at the top? We get blamed for good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. that comes with the with the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you get praised for things that are great, and you get mm-hmm. blamed for when things that are bad. Um, and I share with families all the time. Um, here we try to communicate, mm-hmm. and that still seems to be a reflective piece that everyone is not satisfied with. Right. Um, some groups are saying, "You call me too much," like we're over communicating, and others, "Oh, not enough." Right. Um, so it's hard to please the masses. Um, but with that being said, we just want what's best for kids. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, that's all we're looking for. And it's really a, a team, right? Y'all are here to support and encourage and and grow their their mindset toward education um, and, and what they are learning in and out of the classroom. I think that's great. Now, as y'all have listened, y'all have heard different ways, too, that y'all could support, um, whether it's in your community, whether it's here in Chattanooga, North Georgia area. Um, you heard that there's constant need for clothing for students that may not have the appropriate clothing for the appropriate season. Kids at this age grow really quickly yes. through puberty. They can be one size today and one size in two weeks from now. Uh, shoes and socks and clothing, winter coats, scarves and mittens, yes. probably pants, long sleeve, for anything sure. that you can think of. So I would say if that's you and you have things that you can donate, please do that. If you can run to the store and grab some things that you would be willing to donate, that would always be acceptable. If you have canned food, if you have granola bars, if you have peanut butter crackers, if you have stuff that you would be willing also to donate, I'm sure that that would be um, things. Or if there are other ways, what other ways could people come alongside to support you that maybe they wouldn't think about? So you mentioned um, quite a few. We do have some partnership with some churches oh, great. Um, that um, not only help us with winter coats mm-hmm. and provide clothing. We have started a clothing closet here at our oh, school. Wow. Um, and two churches have been so instrumental um, with that Bayside Baptist and yeah. Spirit City oh, that has great. church services here. Um, they've done a phenomenal job. Um, Bayside also helps to provide a snack pack um, oh, lunch for our kids. Redemption Point has also mm-hmm. been a partner of ours to provide the snack packs. And it's simply we identify kids who may need food over the weekend mm-hmm. um, and we give them a grocery bag of things um, Bayside, even those 
as far as providing boxed box food for families in need. Oh, wow. um, and we've referred quite a few families even for the winter break. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these are our snack pack buddies mm-hmm. or our kids that get the, the snacks over the weekend. They're going to need some assistance um, right. during the winter break. And so if your church is participating and providing things for um, families that may be less fortunate or need anything, please give to your local church. But the food, the clothing, um, we're wanting to start a mentoring program um, here at school. Um, But it's difficult to to start a program because a lot of organizations will focus their attention to a lot of the urban schools. Mm. Um, And so we've reached out quite a few and the ones that respond, it typically costs money. Um, But with the mentoring program, we have our clubs that we do every Friday and kids had an opportunity to choose gamers club, robotics, culinary oh, club, cool. things of that nature. And we actually have written a grant and received grant money to help fund uh, fund some of those things. And so for this semester, we're looking for local community people that, hey, if you own your restaurant, can you come and do a prep meal for it for the class so they can see how to do it and then go home and try it? I mean, something That's as small awesome. as that. Yeah. Um, the kids are learning to play board games, not video games, but chess and checkers and oh, cool. um, Uno and things of the that nature. The traditional fun games. And the reason we <laughs> that we are, we're trying to help kids learn how to communicate with each other, mm-hmm. getting to know people from different walks of life that they're not accustomed to. Wow. So we think that bring, putting them in clubs will bring them closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been it's. It's been hilarious, to say the least. Um, some of the parents have complained, like, don't teach my kid to, to cook this again because they didn't do a good job. <laughs> but we're trying to instill just some basic life skills that they need. For those parents who are interested, there's a meeting in the cafeteria. <laughs> well, um, that is awesome. I love that there are so many ways that the people are able to support. And I actually have a list of restaurant owners I would love to share with you to help with your culinary and club. Mm -hmm. Yes, awesome. Double C. Um, But as always, if y'all are interested, definitely reach out and and reach out to the schools in your community as well to see if there are other ways that they, other partnerships they have or other, other needs that they have that are crucial for your community and for them to be a part of. And thank you so much, Andrea, for being a part of this, for sharing your experience and and just encouraging ways to support and ways for parents to communicate really well. So thank you for this opportunity to even share with with the community. Um, I'm just one person in a school. Every school is different and every leader is different. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, I truly believe that you're in education that you want what's best for all students. So absolutely. And that is a big deal. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next week on another episode of Heather's Most Precious. Bye, y'all. Heather's Most Precious is brought to you with love by the Hendrickson Agency, an insurance agency serving all of Georgia and Tennessee. The Hendrickson Agency, properly protecting your most precious possessions. Support for Heather's Most Precious is provided by Study.com, which offers SAT and ACT study materials and even has resources for AP and college credit courses. Listeners of Heather's Most Precious get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level with offer code PRECIOUS. 
Just go to study.com and use offer code PRECIOUS at checkout. Heather's Most Precious is produced by Chattanooga Podcast Studios and is part of the Podnooga Network. Find out more at chattanoogapodcaststudios.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Heather's Most Precious. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.